0: Bring the heart. It's time to get loud. Let's go! Because this is the Super League.
1: Hello again everyone, it's that time of the week once again Here comes the latest edition of Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast Sponsored and supported by the title sponsors of the Super League And come to think about it, just about everything else that's good about the game It's Betfred, of course So, we are underway, and what an opening weekend that was Some great games to enjoy, four of them live on telly Red cards, yellow cards, great drama it really was a fantastic start to the 2022 season. And as ever, with me to review it all is the man himself, Stevo. But before we go about and talk about Rugby League, steve this is Valentine's Week. Happy St. Valentine's Day to you.
0: I got up this morning. I could not open the door. There was that many cards through the letterbox. <laughs> Why these people send me these Valentine cards? So and they're I'm certainly not, not going to get one back, are they? There's certainly well, no cards going sure. the other way. So, I'm not, not going to say to you, Happy Valentine's Day.
1: Fair enough. Okay. All right. Right. Let's talk about the, the Rugby League action we've enjoyed. Um, did
0: you enjoy all of that? I thought it was a tremendous start, didn't you? Tremendous, as you say. Outstanding Rugby League. And what about the crowds? They turned up in their thousands. It really is probably the best start to Super League since it was formed. Very much so, and uh, Channel 4, of course, terrestrial
1: television, on board with you know, bells and whistles. Uh, To be fair, they were pretty good, but hey, they got a fantastic match, didn't they? Did
0: they ever. Uh, I I honestly thought that Leeds would just hang on, but you've got to look at the the way that Warrington just fought against it, and Leeds, down to 12 men, uh, it looked as though they were going to snatch it. Uh, I, I was on the edge of my seat all throughout that game, I thought the commentary was good, I thought the build-up was good, and uh, thoroughly enjoyable. And that's what we want, isn't it? Very much so, yeah. I mean, Adam Hills, the the new frontman, in great form.
1: Uh, no stranger, of course, to Channel 4 viewers. Uh, Kyle amore, a talented co-commentator alongside Mark Wilson. And their audience, it peaked at almost three quarters of a million, seven percent of the total audience share that was available. So... A great start for Channel 4 as well.
0: It certainly was. And, and I must say, congratulations to everybody concerned in that particular position. Uh, I think that we need as much publicity. The Rugby League needs it. We've known that. We've talked about it for years and years and years. And let's hope that it continues. But i you just say, great game. I loved every single minute.
1: Talking of minutes, did you, did you notice the match clock uh, at the top of your screen? It was counting down. Now, Neville Smith, who is the match director for Channel 4, our old pal, of course, our old executive producer, he wanted to do that way back in 1996. But he was told <laughs> that British viewers like to see the clock counting yeah. up to half time. 26 years later, he's, he's snuck in and he's got it at last. But how long will it last this time, I wonder?
0: <laughs> well... <laughs> It only lasted one game when he was at Sky, but I can assure you of one thing. I, l- I like that idea. He snuck it in, hasn't he? Maybe it has. not many people would notice it, but we certainly did.
1: Definitely. I mean, do, do you like it counting down rather than as, you know, in football and everything else, it counts up, the time counts up. You, you, you prefer it counting down? I've always
0: thought that way. The Aussies okay. do it. The NFL do it. Um, oh, it must be right then. It must well, be right uh, then. The Aussies well, do it. Well, well, not only that, the Americans do it, etc. I think it adds to the uh, to the emotion, doesn't it? Oh, there's only there's only five seconds to go, etc. and so forth. That's how it should be. But anyway, well done, Nev.
1: Yeah, it was a great start. It really was a great start for Channel Four. And we welcomed them on board. They came in, as I say, with bells, whistles, and fanfares. But uh, there they are, and uh, they've got another game this weekend. Now then. Um, James Bentley sent off on his debut. Brad Dwyer yellow-carded. As you say, though, Warrington uh, held on. Leeds almost won it, though. Warrington did show some resilience.
0: Yeah, they certainly did. And and I thought Rashford was outstanding. Uh, They never gave in the situation. Um, I thought that the Leeds coach was very, very good in regards to saying that he thought that they played exceptionally well down to having a man sent off etc and so forth um and and they played outstanding rugby league but it was it was excitement all the way through i have to congratulate that you, you know everybody involved in it i thoroughly enjoyed it
1: yes and uh, we got that sent off um as you say one of uh, a few this weekend um the first one coming in the very first match uh, saints they looked brilliant against the Catalans who started really strongly didn't they the Catalan Dragons but their indiscipline cost them and Dylan Napper what on earth was he thinking about Dylan Napper
0: well I just I just can't sort of see why so early in the game I mean what was it 15 16 seconds before they they had a bit of a punch up now it was obvious that they'd come to just spoil the party to get into their faces and they did both sides the defense was well it was it was cruel at at some point they were really getting into each other and that's why it turned out to be a really hard solid game but there was no doubt in my mind that Catalan came with the intention to just put them off to get right into their faces, which they did but as you say, it's not going to help when you get a man sent off there was no doubt about the red card straight away uh the tackle on Percival and you just say to yourself what would the coach be saying to him now you're not come over here to prove that you're a tough man you come over here to win rugby league games and it's, it's happened so many times in the past I'm going to show that I'm the strong man etc and so forth listen in those golden olden days when everybody used to belt each other he probably would have been a star attraction but we don't need that anymore.
1: The new head injury protocol states that a player who fails his head test this year will be out for 11 days now, not seven as previously. Mark Percival, who was flattened by Napa, he seemed to be insisting he was okay, but he left the field. It was so late in the game, he didn't need to return. I wonder if he will be in the side for Saints this week. It'll be interesting, won't it?
0: well who comes up with that decision i'm not right sure but uh, it's got to be the
1: medical people hasn't it
0: it's got to be yeah and they've extended it to 11 days and i think it i think that's fine um but whoever has created that with a high tackle surely the disciplinary committee now has to prove and they say we are going to clamp down now one game here two games here i can remember it happened in the early eighties in Australia when it was like thugby league not rugby league and what did they do they banned a player for the entire season and boy didn't the coaches take it on board and didn't the players take it on board and now is the opportunity after the first round in super league to make sure that every single player every single coach realizes that you're not just going to have a player out for maybe one or two games, but ten games, nearly half the season. And that's the only way we can get away with it. It's the w- it's the only way to make these thugs that are still playing our game to
1: stop. Well, we've had purges in the past when we were working. We were always a little bit confused, particularly at the start of the season, and then things tended to drop off. Uh, interesting comment from the whole coach, Brett Hodgson. He says, I think wherever there is a change in this and we've gone from zero to a hundred it's going to take a couple of weeks to understand what a red card is now so long as the referees are consistent so long as the disciplinary panel is consistent
0: we'll all know what a red card is from here on in hopefully well like i've said not just one or two games let's try ten that'll stop it that'll stop these people who think that they're rough and they're tough ruining their opportunity. And if I was in charge of a club, I would say that if you get sent off, there's a a certain percentage of your fee is removed and put into a charity or something of that nature. That's what we've got to do. We cannot just say, okay, we start 100%, after three weeks we go to 70% and so on and so forth. No, we stick to 100%. We've got to get this message across. Well, you
1: talk about um, the way that the the games are going, and I mean, and we took, touched briefly about St Helens. They were they were outstanding. Do you think? I know you tipped them last week. I know you tipped them last year. I know you tipped them the year before, probably. Do you really think that St Helens are uh, champions 2022 in waiting
0: already, with 26 rounds to go? Yes, I watched every single game, and you just took the tempo of all the games and then you look through them again and again the tempo of that game was outstanding and so as we said the Leeds Warrington but the impact in defence from both sides it was quite clear to me that Catalans as I said earlier they came to rough it up St. Helen's took it all in their stride and that is why they are going to be hard to beat throughout this year
1: another interesting little uh Quirky fact from the weekend: um, Only one team, the Saints, made home ground advantage pay. Five wins by teams who had to travel away from home.
0: Well, it shows you the professionalism. That at one point, oh, it's going to be tough. We've, we've got to go to so and so, uh, and we're not as confident. We're always confident at home. Um, I think if you if you looked at last season, what about Catalans? They pr- they proved that uh, it wasn't a case of we win at home and lose away, far from it. So it didn't surprise me Eddie. all. Uh,
1: yeah, Catalan might have a problem in the front row, mightn't they? I mean, Dylan Napper obviously will be up before the beak
0: before too long.
1: Julian Busquet broke his arm, so they've got a major problem before hardly before the season's got going.
0: Yeah, and and two two big forwards. Having
1: said that, now to lose would have been desperately wanting to get off to a winning start at home and to be fair they did compete for half an hour but then Huddersfield saw them off Um, I I still fear for Toulouse Uh, you know they need to make that home ground of theirs a fortress and and they came
0: unstuck it was a big win a big win for Huddersfield wasn't it certainly was Uh, look you lay down what you can you can put out on the paddock what you can and it's quite obvious that Toulouse needs a lot more players they need quality products there's one thing working well for 15 minutes at the start of the game I mean they I think they raced away to a 10 nil 10 nil lead yeah. um, but it, but it was quite uh, obvious that once the steam had run down that was it Huddersfield the Giants just took control uh, I, th- I was impressed uh, impressed by uh, Levi. I thought he played exceptionally well. Um Huddersfield if they if they keep sort of improving, it's difficult to say how good are they, what how will they go in the future. When they when they're playing against Toulouse, it's gonna to be really, really difficult for Toulouse um to get a win this season. Never mind competing in the competition. It
1: is. Uh, it is gonna be really tough for them. And I mean we can't really, St Helens apart, and I think universally people say that they are the team to beat this year again. Uh, we can't really say what's going to happen over the course of a season for the, all of these teams, really, but, but you're right. I mean, uh, it's going to be tough for Toulouse, as it was tough for Lee, as it was tough for London to survive. You no, know, it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. Do you think? Here's one for you now then. Remember Catalan Dragons? Didn't they finish bottom of the pile two or three times? And they had an exemption from relegation the team finishing 11th went down do you think the game should be bold and strong enough to say we're too late now because we've already started but to say should they have said "Blues, you're with us for two stroke three years let's just wait and see what
0: happens well I'll agree with you on that point because when you look down in Australia there is no such thing as relegation. You can get the wooden spoon but it's not an embarrassment as such as well that's it we're out of the big league you still have the opportunity and you still have the opportunity of course with restrictions and how many players you can buy when you look over the years at the nrl that the teams that have finished bottom the following season or two seasons later they're up there with a chance to get into the playoffs so it does work in Australia it has been proved and I think it would be a good idea to at least give a team two or three years to settle into the right mood get the right players but will Super League say that will they do that to be
1: fair it has worked with the Catalan Dragons I mean it didn't work early on with you know I remember we went up to Workington and places like that and Oldham you know uh, clubs that were in Super League in the beginning finished bottom of the pile bang they're gone and they really literally are gone they very rarely come back Lee have done it but very rarely do they come back Uh, it's, it's, it's it's a difficult one it's a difficult one because promotion and relegation like the clock counting up to half-time, promotion relegation is
0: in the British psyche, isn't it? I understand that. I, I can remember a game at Wakefield where they had their largest crowd because uh, I think it was Wakefield-Castleford, remember? And yeah, the, yeah. they had the, the huge, a huge crowd came to see who was going to be relegated and who was going to survive. Now, I don't think that that's looking towards the future, is it? for them to say well our biggest crowd was when (laughs) when we had a battle to see whether we're going to be relegated that to me is not forward thinking and I'm with you Eddie give a team at least two years even three years to settle into the competition but if you do that all of a sudden you'll get all the premiership clubs saying you're taking away the opportunity for us to get back into the big league I understand that But don't you think it's embarrassing that everyone that gets promoted the following season gets relegated? That's not forward thinking either. No, it isn't. That is true. Uh, You mentioned that Wakefield-Castleford game. Castleford,
1: of course, went down that year. Uh, Castleford now very much one of the leading lights. But what a disappointing day for them uh, in the first round. But what a first win for Paul Rowley, the new Salford coach, though. I mean, I don't know where this one's come from. This has come out of left
0: field for me well obviously the signing of sneed his kicking game was outstanding his kicking game was the reason why they won so it's a matter of getting the right people at the right time and it must be very disappointing because to my knowledge uh, sneed played with castleford for a couple of seasons yeah. yes he did he was yes he was he was there before he went to hull yeah and he uh, like six goals that's the 12 points. That I mean, that is so important. And that's how it's going to be in regards to, you need a good goal kicker. There'll be times when you could have to scrape a win, either a drop goal or a penalty. And he's the man. How many times do you say, Snead, it's Snead. Oh, yes, he's I know. Snead, He's the yes. he's <laughs> man to do it, but it, it would have been very disappointing with Castleford at home a bumper crowd as well I watched the game and uh, I must say that uh, both sides have a little bit of a problem in, in defence but Castleford's shall we say defence positioning they were caught out several times
1: Indeed, now then uh, the championship we've mentioned the fact that all the championship clubs have got this high ambition of getting into Super League that competition now the championship has been underway for three weeks now and the table's starting to take shape Um, low scoring round this weekend only 22 points or less scored in five of the six matches it's going to be a competitive championship again Widness top the table Featherstone still unbeaten too and Barrow they're right up there as well so who's going to come up this year and and then face a struggle to stay up and probably go down in 2023
0: (laughs) Well, I think any rugby league supporter at this point in time will say, well, it has to be Ferguson. It has to be the favourites to get through. Uh, they've brought in a, a coach that has been so successful in Super League, and he will relish the fact to get get into that there. And, and they have to be favourites. I've tipped them to be promoted, as I've tipped Toulouse to be demoted. But it it it's good to say that there are not many runaway wins you'll always get one or two or three but sometimes you get nearly all the games are won by very very heavy scores and the mere fact that we're not getting heavy scores against each individual team it just says that that position the premiership is a championship should I say um, is going to be very very strong and as you say the top three Barrow, where have they come from?
1: I must say, uh, witness nine eight winners at Halifax. Um,
0: that I mean, that's tremendous for them. Tremendous. Yeah, it, it is. Um, and Halifax it, it will will have a, a real good show on this as well because um, I, I was there when they played the London Broncos, and Halifax played some really really good open rugby league. Good in the forwards, strong, good defence. Uh, and it shows you against you know you do, a lot of people say witness will probably be the only one but Halifax could be a bit of a bolter yeah they were being strongly tipped weren't they What what's happened to your Broncos Stebo what have
1: you done to them the second bottom of the table pointless you've come back you're going to see them you're watching them <laughs> and you seem like you've absolutely stiffened them
0: It is no surprise, Eddie, no surprise at all, because uh, David Hughes, the owner of the club, has made it quite clear that the days are gone when he'll bring people from the north of England and he wants to concentrate on local juniors, locals anywhere in and around London. It will take quite a few years to get it into motion, and now he feels responsible to ensure that the development of rugby league in the south London included of course is going to take a while and there's no panic going on at the club they realise that we've got a lot of players who are not all that experienced at the top level and I must say it's going to take at least three, four, maybe five years before they can challenge to then be promoted So they've got to go backwards to go forwards Yes, yes Um, over the period of time it's worked in the early days it worked Uh, I'm afraid that some of the players that were selected over the the last couple of seasons uh, they didn't show their potential and when that happens you've got to make a decision and they did and they said we're going to do it through local talent
1: well good on him for that good on him for for doing that David Hughes because uh, you know local talent is where the future lies as you uh, have said so many times in the past um, I know you're always very close with your ear to the ground uh, about events down under What's what's been going on there some sad news I think to report as well as everything else Yes um,
0: Johnny Raper the all time great of rugby league in a, an Australian jumper uh, has passed away you know Johnny Raper to me was the first Australian superstar this guy was loved by everybody. He was just a sensational player, but what a character. Every time you met him, he always had a smile on his face, and he was the first, shall we say, sports person in Australia to be a superstar on TV, uh, doing ads, you know, for selling products. You know, Johnny Raper sells this product, blah, 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 and people went out and they bought it. He was one of the wonderful rugby league characters. Everybody just loved being with him. They want his photo, et cetera, and so forth. And it, it is a sad loss. And rest in peace, a very, very close friend of mine. Yeah, and uh, Stuart Raper's dad, of course, the former uh, Wigan and Castleford coach, Stuart Raper. That's right, that's right. Uh, that's ours, yeah. Uh, and, and we both send condolences to the family. And I do hope that uh, the Rugby Football League... The NRL they get together and pass on their condolences too, which I'm sure they will. Absolutely, they will. Absolutely, I'm sure they will. Um, th- they've
1: not started yet; they're miles away from the start, aren't they? But sometime in the middle of March, isn't it? The NRL gets underway.
0: Uh, yeah, they're, they're having what they call trial games, um, started the season games, just you know, to get a little bit of the uh, the rust off their of their play. Uh, but these games can be quite, uh, shall we say, controversial you know it's, it's you've always got to win in australia uh, there's never so much about saying oh we've got a lot to do and we've got a lot to change before the season starts listen it doesn't matter whether it's a trial game or not you're talking about australians now australians just don't want to lose that's why they're so good at many many sports you know the ex and rovers aussie clint newton who's the is the yes. uh, shall we say, is the the boss of the NRL Players Association. Now they have come to a deal with the NRL that they've relaxed the COVID-19 protocols for players and officials. Now a lot of people would be surprised but in Australia even now the players and their families they cannot meet up and they cannot go out to a theater, they can't go out to have a meal they can't go to a wedding, they can't go to a birthday party well Clint Newton has sat down with the NRL and he has made it possible that now they can they've added the different guidelines you can now meet up for birthdays etc funerals, weddings um, and well done because it has been so restrictive for those players that were not allowed to celebrate with even their plane mates. But now that's lifted. It's well done
1: then to to Clint Newton, Steve-O, for, for getting this over the line. But I assume that the players will all stay within their own bubble, so to speak. They won't be allowed to go hither and thither. They'll, they'll, they'll basically be all together, but they can socialise with each other and their families now.
0: Uh, Yes, they can, and in certain areas, Eddie, they can also socialize with other families, providing that the protocol keeps you so many yards apart, etc. But at least it's the start, and like here in the UK, uh, we are learning to live with it.
1: Yeah, a step in the right direction. Okay, Uh, that's good, that's another one done and dusted in this St. Valentine's week. And on behalf of all the Rugby League public, on behalf of all the Super League fans, on behalf of all of our podcast listeners, Steve-O, happy St. Valentine's Day. All the best, old boy.
0: Good God.